0: This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Curator Ministries.
1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Table. You're here with Pastor Maria Reynolds. I'm in the studio today with my man, Sam, who is uh, who was helping us out. I'm also here with my really long, long-term long friend. We've been friends for almost a decade now. Almost. My friend, Troy Houshen. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Yeah. Troy and I met years ago. Um um, in in gym rat life <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we bonded over over uh, pain at the gym um, and he's become a fixture in our family and just a blessing to us in so many ways and we've just enjoyed spending life and walking life out with you yep um, today we're gonna about an interesting topic that I think probably gets thrown around a lot and so I'd like to kind of mine out the differences between what this topic is and what it isn't I think we can all agree that we live in a self-centered world I think probably more so than you and I growing up, Troy. I can remember when I, we would go on vacation, we had instamatic cameras. And so we'd try to take selfies with something in the background, and we'd get like most pictures of our eyes or our nose. But we weren't really in a generation of selfies, you and I. No. We didn't have the cameras on the phone, and, and, all, and we didn't have the social media and all the things that really drive um, the generations behind us. But with that selfie generation becomes a kind of a self-centered one. And so I think we hear the word narcissist getting thrown around a lot, but I think it kind of gets uh, confused with self centeredness a lot. And it's not really the case. Wouldn't you agree?
0: No, I think it's 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 a lot self-centered
1: oh for sure narcissists are absolutely self-centered but i think a lot of self-centered people get labeled as a narcissist and maybe they're actually not
0: oh yeah does that make sense absolutely
1: so we're going to dive into the uh, the, into the topic of narcissistic behavior because actually narcissistic personality disorder is a thing It's a dsm um um thing that, that that exists that they will diagnose people with um, and we're going to talk about what those patterns of behavior look like, how to determine if you are in a narcissistic behavior, yeah, a narcissistic relationship with someone. Uh, but more importantly, because sometimes you can listen to these types of podcasts or read these types of documents and you start to ask yourself, well, am I a narcissist? Because sometimes I have some or all of those, all of those uh, symptoms. But I would, I would preface this conversation by saying, if you ever asked yourself, am I a narcissist? you're probably Probably not not. (laughs) exactly you're probably not you're probably not um well a a narcissistic personality disorder involves just a a pattern of self-centered behavior like we talked about troy Um, they have incredibly arrogant thinking incredibly arrogant behavior they possess a lack of empathy and consideration for others and they Exercise this with a need for excessive admiration. Always need to have um, all eyes on me, constant needs for gratification. Tell me how wonderful I am. That's why you see a lot of this on social media. I have to have all the followers. I have to, you have to really care about what I say about this movie. They just kind of word vomit. Anything and everything in their life is on social media because they just need that constant it's almost like a balloon, Troy. It's a balloon that um admiration and attention fills their balloon and without that their def- def- their balloon deflates and they don't know what to do themselves. And they they get triggered and then you start seeing acts of rage, you start seeing, you know, them lash out, all the things. But I think that that's where sometimes we can confuse some self-centered behavior with a narcissistic behavior because even self-centered people need a lot of attention. You know yes. what I mean? Um other people who were looking at people who are narcissists may describe them as being cocky, definitely manipulative, <laughs> selfish and patronizing, and incredibly, incredibly demanding. Um, this behavior will manifest itself over every area of their life, their friendships, their family, their love relationships. They really, it really bleeds over. Everyone is in the crosshairs of someone who suffers from a narcissistic uh, personality disorder. They are incredibly resistant to change. They do not like change, um, especially in their behavior because they can't even conceive that they are causing parts of the problem or the problem itself. Um, when anything that pops up or someone would highlight a behavior that they would, would, would have to own or uh, recognize as, as being problematic, they tend to turn the blame onto others they are incredibly sensitive extremely sensitive and react badly even to the slightest criticism disagreement they view all of these things as slights to them personally and they view them as personal attacks um for the person in the narcissist's life um and and oh my oh my Oh my! And you could have a narcissist in your life. That is a spouse. It can be a child. It could be a parent. It could be a boss or a coworker. There's lots of different avenues or places where you can have this type, this personality type in your life. But when you come across it and it is in your life, um, you have the you run the danger of it just becoming easier to go along with their demands to avoid their coldness or their rages. Because as I said, when they feel slighted or when that that uh, balloon starts to deflate, it comes out in rage. They lash out because they don't, they don't have a self-regulated emotion. Does that make sense?
0: I don't think it's always in rages. I think it's, mm-hmm. it can be in manipulative behavior mm-hmm. instead of what I saw was n- not a lot of rages, but I saw more, more manipulative behavior that came out when they didn't have control.
1: Oh, control is a good word that is one one area that I would like to touch on because um, I knew a lady once who was married to a classic narcissist right and um, the problem that she ran into was that much like we all do we just assume that when we are in a relationship with another person that they want the same things that we want. And what I learned with her is she was in love with him. She was in love, and he was in control, and she didn't understand the difference between the two. I know that she didn't understand the difference between the two, and so um, control was very important. Control is very important to any narcissist. Um, that is a a a source, a power source they get from a person, and when they feel like they're losing control then you run into the manipulation.
0: But they will actually turn the control. You you may think that you're they're controlling you, but then they'll accuse you of wanting to be in control because you want the love. You understand?
1: They accuse you of being in control because you want the love.
0: You you want the person that is not the narcissist wants the love wants the right. companionship wants the, the right. closeness you
1: want the relationship yes
0: you want the relationship so they accuse you of wanting to control them mm-hmm. through the relationship
1: do you think that that keep is is this an attempt to keep keep you in passivity
0: yes 100 percent. i
1: remember talking to a lady once that she got into a space with a really good friend of hers so they almost like trauma bonded I guess you could mm-hmm. say when they were younger they were in middle school together um, and the lady I was speaking to um, got bullied a lot bullied a lot in school wasn't very popular um, and this person that she befriended in middle school um, was it was an aggressive lady it was an aggressive girl it fought a lot things like that and she almost became like a protector to this this woman I was counseling um, to the point where she started to then manipulate that to get what she wanted. So um, the lady who was the aggressor would say, if you don't do this, then you're going to have a problem with me. I'm going to take away my protection. I'm going to take away my friendship because I know you rely on it. Um, And it became a very dysfunctional environment where as an adult now, as an adult, when she decided I just need to walk away from this woman. I can't coexist. She was almost scared. She was scared to leave her because she was afraid that when I, when I take this away from her, this control that she has over me, she's going to go apoplectic. And she did. She went apoplectic. Um, called, threatened the woman, threatened her family, called the woman's job and tried to discredit her, um, called called people and accused her husband of horrendous horrendous things she did everything that she could to discredit this woman and tried to get as many people to isolate themselves because they didn't want to deal with the dramatics of it they didn't want the crosshairs of it as possible as adults and she i remember talking to her about that and i was like okay well your worst fear happened so when you pulled the trigger and you decided to end the relationship you were scared of what she would do and she did all the things that you feared. Now what? And she said, honestly, I'm at peace. I still have to deal with all these things. But it is a different kind of feeling than always having to be on pins and needles. Like, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing. I'm going to trigger this person. They're going to call me and, you know, they have a tongue lashing or whatever. She goes, even just, just dealing with it made it more peaceful oh, yeah. than the fear of living with it. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, it makes perfect sense.
1: And we can get in those situations where we don't even stay out of love as much as was that a fear do you know what I mean and I think that you can find yourself in that scenario as I said with a friend with a companion you can find yourself in that scenario with a with a family member do you know
0: what I mean mine wasn't fear of the person mine was fear of not being with the person
1: mm-hmm. being without
0: you know I wasn't afraid of being physically hurt I was more afraid of being mentally hurt or alone and, and alone yeah with somebody who i cared for
1: right and that's another thing that you when you deal with people with this with this disorder is they will prey upon people who they know are off off air empathetic very empathetic and also fixers yes also fixers and i fall i fall in this category so i have to watch myself Mm -hmm. with these people um we talked about this off air troy i would say is a fixer so he has a huge heart. I mean, the heart the size of Texas. If you, Troy's one of my friends. Sam, if I called him at 3 in the morning and said, I have a flat tire, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I mean, he's one of those friends. Yep. It doesn't matter what you do, he's going to be there for you. It doesn't matter what it costs him as long as he's helping you. Yep. And people with this type of disorder gravitate towards that because they can manipulate that. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is they start out with – what's called love bombing and we talked about this a little bit (laughs) off camera and love bombing looks very different depending on what type of of it's not even the type of narcissist that you're dealing with it's probably the different type of person they're dealing with so in your scenario um, the individual that you dealt with would love bomb you differently than they would try to love bomb me and we'll explain a little bit the difference in that so with you um, in a romantic setting um, You can be dealing with someone that has like these, you know, grandiosities like, let's go travel. Let's go these fancy dinners. You can have that. But more importantly, you may have what's called love texting. Text you first thing in the morning. I love you so much. I can't quit thinking about you. Middle of the day, I can't get anything accomplished because, you know, all I'm doing is thinking of you. You're my king or you're my queen. Just these you're really the best. beautiful. What's that?
0: You're the best. You're
1: the best. You you saved me. No one understands me but you. All these grandi- grandiose acts, gestures of love that you get that feel wonderful. And who doesn't want to be treated or talked to that way, right? Yeah. But it doesn't last. And off camera, I told you it kind of reminded me of when my husband and I went to Hawaii on vacation. It's a beautiful destination, the perfect environment, gorgeous. You know, we got to relax and have the the best time and we didn't want to come home, but we knew we had to come home. And so sometimes when you're in a relationship with these love bombers, you have to realize, OK, it's like being in Hawaii. This is not reality. This this isn't sustainable. At some point, I got to go home i got to leave and go back this to West Virginia. This is not a place. This isn't a place. This is
0: a place. This is a person that you are really bonded to and think you can be the person that they've always wanted, and you're the person that they've always wanted.
1: But the thing that they're selling you is an illusion. Oh, yeah. It's just a picture that they painted for you to get you sucked in as their source. Yep. It's not reality. Just like Kauai, it's a beautiful place. It's not our reality yep do you know what i mean and oh, that's yeah. the hard part that when you get sucked in and you are their source and you may be their source in a different way for someone like this it's always a source of control they always have to be in control that is a big a big flag if you're in a relationship with someone that always has to be in control whether it's financial emotional sexual whatever if they're always in control that's a red flag um but you will become their source of something because the reality is a narcissist will never think of you unless they need you or unless they think they're going to lose you as a source. And that source can be finances. It can be sex. It can be just the attention seeking. It can be um, you know, fill in the blank, but you are a source of something or for them. Or all
0: of the above.
1: Or all of the above. Absolutely, or all of the above. They always will seek out people that they think... Um, have you ever been in a place with someone that you're talking to them and they're not looking at you? They're looking past you, looking at the door for the next best thing to come in. That's a narcissist. Yep. They're always looking for the best person in the room, the most, you know, successful person in the room. You're a business owner, so yeah. it's you're an easy target. You yep, know, I guess so. <laughs> um, but they're always looking for the next best thing. They want to be. Um, they want. It's it's very important to them what other people perceive them as. But their perception is not reality and so they have to prop up this perception um with lies and and there in, there is the house of cards right that when any crosswind starts to blow in the house of cards you know is it all in in jeopardy that's when they go into the manipulation because they have they have to sustain it somehow right. does that make sense oh yeah that's when, whenever, if, if you are in one of these scenarios and you have a friend or a coworker or a loved one saying, hey, something's not quite right here, and the narcissist catches wind of it, the next thing you'll see is isolation. They yeah. will want to isolate you from that person because they are a threat to their reality. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. There's always somebody on deck
1: mm-hmm. waiting. When you, when you say that, All on deck, what does that mean to you?
0: Um, they've always got a, another plan.
1: Oh. If something
0: doesn't work out they're right with somebody else almost immediately
1: really so they have an exit strategy
0: well it's not really an exit they just got somebody else to fill the void quickly they're on it's like waiting in line at a on a carnival ride you know (laughs) there's somebody always waiting to get on the
1: ride wow what's interesting is, is as i was reading this it says that, that obviously we said that the reality doesn't support their their grandiose view that they will spin these self-glorifying fantasies of unlimited excess power brilliance and attractiveness um and the i i the ideal love that makes them feel special and in control because as much as they want to feel in control they have a need to feel special and not just like hey everybody's special but like no i am more special than everybody else and let me tell you why does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, and so they have to spin these fantasies to kind of undergird undergird that. And is it anything that threatens to pop that fantasy, um, they get extremely, extremely defensive. And what's interesting is the people that are in relationships with these people, they, they learn that pretty quickly and they start to tread lightly in those areas just to keep the peace. And so they're not in the crosshairs of, uh, of this denial of reality. Um, so in in your situation, so you were, you were in a situation with a person, um, for several years, for several years. And so what were some of the first, what would you say looking back in retrospect were some of the first signs that something isn't, if you were talking to another male or another female and you were saying, listen, here are some, some signs that if I had paid more attention to this, what would have been some signs that you could give that you would be like, okay, I, I shouldn't have ignored that. Because I think we have a, a tendency to do one of two things. We have a tendency to look at something and say, oh, I can explain that behavior away. I understand why they're doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just because we understand it doesn't make it acceptable. The multiple truths can coexist. Right. I can understand that you are behaving this way out of a sense of insecurity because you got some childhood trauma. I understand that. But it's not acceptable behavior towards me those two things can coexist exactly i think sometimes we don't make that severance that we say okay i understand that 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 you're doing this because of this trauma or i can explain this this away but i can fix you i can make it better Mm -hmm. and i want to fix you i want to make it better does that make sense right um we can also look at behavior and say if it happens once like oh that's a one-off then happens again and it's like oh well you know, but once it happens a third time, we have to identify this is a pattern of behavior. This isn't just a one off. this isn't just something that happened once in a you know what I mean? this is a pattern of behavior. What are some of those patterns of behavior troy that you that you can look back on that I should not have ignored that. That was a sign
0: well, some of the things that I should have never ignored from the beginning was my family, my friends, they saw things that I didn't see, okay. Um I was looking through like a horse blinder. I mm-hmm. could only see what was directly in front of me. Um, but when I started getting further into the relationship, it was things just wasn't adding up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to my my inner voice. You know, there was a little lie here, a little lie there. Um, people warned me. But I didn't listen. Um, family and friends mm-hmm. warned me. Not just my family and friends warned me, but the person's family and friends warned me. And I, I didn't listen. And I thought, this this can't be so. That, that can't be true. And then when I would ask, it would be turned back on me. Oh, I can't believe you would even ask me that. So it was manipulation all the way. And then I felt bad about myself because I asked. A question that oh gosh, I asked this i really hurt this person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just they could turn everything back on you in an instant.
1: They're masters of that.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: the manipulation component. Right.
0: And it was just you know, I was you, you, I was taken. I mm-hmm. was I mean the, then the further I went along. It got a control over me, and I was like, this this has got to be me. Mm-hmm. This has got to be me. And then when I started reading and we started talking to a, a, our first therapist, it was like, hmm, maybe this is not me. Right. And.
1: I think that's something that we get wrong in counseling a lot is we just go into, we go in, and I'm not saying this is true for every situation, but I will say it is true with someone who's in a relationship with a narcissist. Is you get two people in a, in a room that are in a relationship and we just assume that two people are making that relationship or two people are breaking it. And that's not the case when you're dealing with a narcissist. Um, and so I think that it's easy for us, especially as fixers, to look at, okay, what are we bringing to the table that's contributing to this insanity? But that's not the set. You can't, measure it that's not the that's not the correct measuring stick because you're not dealing with a normal person (laughs) do you know what i mean
0: oh i was naive
1: what i observed in your situation troy correct me if i'm wrong is the love bombing happened with you you are wonderful you are Mm -hmm. you know all of these things um you're captivated by it oh yeah and there comes a point with any narcissist at the end of that at the end of that love bombing and let me let me be clear this can happen in friendships too in a different way not just romantic so you can be love bombed in a friendship and it can look like this oh my gosh no one's ever understood me or listened to me the way that you do thank you so much for listening to me i feel heard i've never felt heard before um where you you are elevated to a place of importance where you can help them they always want to get you in a place where that you can help them Mm -hmm. and at some point there's a turning where you are lucky to have them oh there's a turning uh, when that happens yeah
0: and that's when it starts going south
1: that's when it starts going south um but with you i noticed that when the love the problem with the love bomb stage is it's kind of like the honeymoon stage in any relationship it's not reality and it can't last and the mask starts to slip a little bit that's when you said i hear you say little lies started to creep in like well that doesn't make sense well that doesn't add up and so what you find in these scenarios kind of like in the the scenario i gave with the girl with her friend in middle school when the mask starts to slip and they know they can't prop that up anymore it's not sustainable then they withdraw and you're like whoa what changed
0: and then you try harder.
1: And then you try harder because they make you feel like, well, it's something that you did that changed the dynamic of this. Yep. And then you're like, what did I do? And you're like, well, I must have done something because things were so perfect before. And so you get to a place where you think I am the problem or I deserve this. Yep. I deserve what's happening Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. Yeah. So how would you, if when, if you, how how did you find yourself out of that space?
0: <laughs> oh... I finally got, I mean, you. you I, I, I dropped to rock bottom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, and I started listening to some of the Christian therapists that were talking to me, mm-hmm. but then that got turned around back on me because then I got accused of being too close to the Christian lady therapists. Mm-hmm. And they can actually i mean f- with the right therapist if you're in a c- group meeting with them they can control the agenda mm-hmm. with the other therapist yes so nasty. you've got to you, you got to start listening to your inner that little inner voice this, this, is, not spirit, right. this is, is this is not right this is this is not right this is not right you i mean i could i was looking up verses in the bible reading about things in the bible you know um P- the apostle paul was one of the biggest narcissists in the bible before he got saved mm-hmm. and even that gave me hope cuz i thought well the apostle paul got saved he changed you know yeah hoping for something later on would change in her but you, i just got tired i mean when i started seeing what i was missing i was missing my kids i was missing my friends i was not with my family and I was at rock bottom.
1: Well, and it's a slippery slope for the listeners who have never dealt with this. It doesn't – they don't come out zero to 100. Yeah. Right? It's a – they come out – they ingratiate themselves in your life very quickly. Oh, yeah. So if some signs would be if they – everything is, is on – They pedal like the gas pedal to the floor. They want everything to move fast. Mm -hmm. They want the relationship to move fast. If I'm in a relationship with two months, not only do I want to be in a relationship within two months, let's get married. Let me get on your bank account. Let me get on your deed to your property. Everything, (laughs) everything is in fast forward. Yeah. They want to ingratiate themselves with you as quickly as possible. And you're willing to do it because you're in this love bubble. Yeah, this imaginary beautiful space that they have created for you—you don't want to end. Never seen anything like it. No, and you don't want it to end. Yeah, and so it would be like. When I, when, you know, when it, we would talk to you, Troy, it would be like that—that that same scenario of, of being in Maui. You know, Troy come come off the island of Maui. You're like, mm-hmm. no, it's great here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not. It it's counterintuitive. This is a beautiful. Who doesn't want to live like that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, to feel like the most important person in the room. But one of the things that they do is they ingratiate very, very quickly. And then any any that. That is in your space, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a friend, a parent, a child, anyone that threatens their control, anyone that speaks any type of um, truth, they will isolate you from. And right. it's a that is a slower process, right? So it's not like you don't need to hang out with them anymore immediately. It's like they start planting seeds of discord of will you maybe you shouldn't trust them as much. Maybe they have an ulterior motive. And that can happen in a workplace. Hmm. I mean, that, that happens with, you can have a narcissist in the workplace that um, is jealous of the success of people around them. And instead of saying, okay, I just don't want to work as hard as they do and get where they get, where they, where they are at, they start going to, they, they look for vulnerable people in the room. That's also another thing they do. They look for the most powerful people in the room and the most vulnerable people in the room. Yep. They want to be around the most powerful but the most vulnerable will be the ones that they that they that's called the um, they they hold the uh, the grudge bag, as they put it. So they will in a in a workplace environment, they would go to this person and say, "Hey, you know what? Do you think that you know Troy's kind of lazy at work? Don't you think?" Do you think that, you know, he really deserved that raise or they will attack the leadership through another person and they, this person that they've chosen usually is a fixer and they'll say, "Oh, you know what? I'll talk to him. I'm sure they didn't mean it like that." Or it could be a friend group. "Hey, you know, me and Doug went to the movie and we didn't invite Sam." And Sam was like, "You know what? That was I, I you know, I really felt I felt like that was a rejection instead of you coming to me personally, Sam, and saying, "Hey, I felt this way." Sam goes to Troy and says, "Troy, wasn't that awful what they did to me?" Wasn't it's that called awful?
0: triangulation.
1: Triangulation, exactly. And that happens in relationships. It happens in workplaces. It happens in friendships. Yep. And they are masters of being the puppeteer, and they are masters of letting other people deliver their messages for them. Because again, they are. It's very important in what other people perceive them as. Perception is very important to them. Yes. Yes. So they let other people do their bidding
0: took her about two and a half three years to get me out of the gym rat club (laughs) and you know i went back a couple times and when she found out oh i was in trouble and i remember that it was just you know i remember the place where i met her and it was Mm -hmm. it was a it was a just close-knit bonds you know everybody would do anything for anybody and it changed all of a sudden she mm-hmm. changed it all of a sudden
1: well the power in the relationship shifted yes yes so when the power relationship shifted then the control shifted
0: she got stronger i got weaker i kept trying to fix
1: right you were in love and she was in power yes and
0: that's a good way of putting you it. weren't
1: use the difference discerning the difference at that point so let's talk about let's talk about boundaries so let's say we have a listener out there that's listening like oh my gosh that is my coworker, is my spouse that's my child that's my parent what are some boundaries that we can put in place when we realize okay we're in a we're in a we're in a a relationship with a person that is a narcissist that we just don't have the the luxury of leaving right that we can't just leave or walk away from what are some boundaries that we can put in place. Did you? What well, would you I'll, say? I'll
0: say this. So, boundary. The word boundaries mm-hmm. came up within the first month.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I was told that. I mean, she looked at me. She said, "I have no boundaries."
1: A person who has no underst- boundaries don't have self respect. <laughs> I,
0: I, I didn't understand that at the beginning. Right. I didn't. actually probably understand that till you know a couple years in, mm-hmm. and then I started understanding it. But the boundaries that you need to put in place are. One don't argue.
1: Mm, that's good.
0: Do not argue. You will not win.
1: Will you not win? And you arguing fuels it. So what yes. I have one way to disarm a narcissist is to call them on the mat. Like that's a lie. I'm not going to argue with you about it and walk away. Yes, that disarms them. They they live for the argument. Yes, they live for the escalation. It's fuel. It's it fuel, fuel for them. You hold the match and mm-hmm. they have the gasoline and yes. they're trying to they're trying to get you to drop your 100%. match and their gasoline. So. Disengage, absolutely disengage. So, know what you're willing to talk about with a narcissist. There's just some things we're just not going to talk about because we can't. Yeah. So, that is definitely a boundary. What else would you say?
0: Uh, Listen to the ones that know you best your Mm -hmm. friends, your family. Um, Listen to the, because you're looking through rose colored glasses. Mm -hmm. Listen to your heart. Um, Like I said, don't argue. you can have respect for them, but if you if you argue with them at all, you're 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 done. Don't give in to them. You know, don't
1: we separate don't give don't in se- to them. So don't give in to their demands.
0: Yes, don't mm-hmm. separate yourself from your friends and family. Gotcha. Um, you've lived this life, however old you are, and those people that have always been around you will still always be around you. So don't give in to their demands of of abandoning them for the person that you're that you think you're in love with.
1: I think one thing that unless you've walked a life out with this is that you don't realize that a narcissist does not feel about you the way you feel about them. Oh no! And so no. And so. You are literally just a source. And when you said it's like a, a carnival ride, there's someone standing in line behind you. There literally is. So if it's not you, it's somebody else. They don't have the depth and the empathy to look at you other than a source of whatever that that is. Right. It'd be kind of like me looking at this, at this bottle of water right here. And I love this bottle of water right here because I'm thirsty and it holds water. And it's going to it's going to fill the need that i have in this moment but the minute that i finish this water and it does no longer contains anything i need i'm gonna throw this water or bottle of water away and that's how a narcissist looks at you mm-hmm. they will discard you when they no longer need you oh yeah quickly and, quickly and move on quickly to the quickly. next person absolutely um i would say you have to draw a line of what i will and what i will not tolerate like if I am in a relationship, it's a parent or a child. There are just certain behaviors I'm just not going to tolerate from you. Um, knowing I that,
0: a, I have a list here. Yes, tell if you me. You want please. me to read the list? Yes, please. Learn their patterns.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, narcissists use different patterns and tactics to manipulate and coerce other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Check your expectations. Narcissists are often incapable of being emotionally mature, genuine, and selfless. Limit your reactions. Mm-hmm. That's what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Limit how often and how much you interact with that narcissist. So, if it's always coming, if something's always coming up, have a blank face. Mm-hmm. Keep things superficial. It's also a good idea to keep your interactions friendly.
1: When you say superficial, that that strikes a chord with me. That if you have, you have to really limit the the the, the amount of personal information that you disclose with people yes if you were in a, a, a friendship situation and 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 you just and you disclose a lot of personal information um they will at some point use that against you <laughs> to manipulate you oh yeah right go ahead i'm sorry
0: um like i said don't don't show any emotions yourself right because if if she's they, if they see that you're if it's upsetting you, if if you're getting angry, they love it when you get angry. It
1: disarms them when you right. don't have a reaction. And right,
0: they they feed off anger. They feed off, you know, tears or hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, don't fall for their act. Mm-hmm. Don't validate them. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them how beautiful they are how wonderful they are. Um, even a therapist that I didn't exactly agree with, this is the one thing that he kept trying to get on into my head was don't tell them how wonderful they are how beautiful they are how wonderful liked and you know don't ever threaten their Mm self-esteem if you do that oh you're in big trouble don't compete with them you'll never win you will never win so Mm -hmm. just get that in your head keep your cool
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The angry I I got, and I got angry, mm-hmm. you know, verbally angry a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's fuel. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the gasoline on the fire. Those are some of the good ones.
1: Yeah, I would agree with all of those. I would say also, um, when you say your expectations, I think that at some point and I will go back to these are relationships you can't walk away from right, right. so let's say it's a boss or it's a child or a parent N- know what I'm willing to be in this in this relationship I am not willing to be your pacifier your punching bag so yeah. those, that's my boundary yeah um, you know I'm not going to engage in your personal drama I'm not going to I'm not going to engage in um, discrediting or judging other people they are very judgmental individuals right Um and returning the focus on yourself like you know at some point you have when you when i heard you say stop telling them how beautiful they are you know this is different than telling a compliment to a friend this is whenever you're having to overindulge this person because if you don't they become off the rails you know i mean it's at some point you have to take the focus off of them and onto yourself like some self-care you know what i mean um and i would say just limit the time that you put into this relationship and maybe that means that you know, if it's a if it's a, a family member, we can only be around each other three times a year at holiday dinners. We can't engage at any other time than that. Um, and I would say set consequences. And I've had to do this multiple times with people. Um, even if you're not in a relationship with a narcissist, you should do this with people. That if you're talking to someone, having conversation with someone, and they are becoming critical of you, or they are becoming rude, be like, okay. I will not be treated that way. And if you do, I'm walking away. Set your consequences and stick to that. Stick to your consequences. Do you know what I mean? Even if that means disconnecting yes. and walking away, just for your sanity. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Troy, I appreciate you coming in.
0: You're welcome. And pouring
1: into everybody. I pray that that this doesn't strike a chord with anybody. But also, but if if you listen to today and you're like, oh my gosh, you know that is me. Um, I hope we were able to give you some some tools and some nuggets to uh, help navigate the space of some narcissistic personality disorders.
0: If you uh, can I say one Absolutely, more thing? Absolutely, yeah. Um, there was, like I said, I went through three different Christian counselors mm-hmm. and then one that I really didn't agree with. Mm-hmm. He was off the wall. But um, one of the ladies that helped me most was a lady named Jill Wise. Okay. And she's on the internet um she opened up things in our little mm-hmm. zoom meetings that that's that's where the downfall of the relationship started when i started actually seeing the things that she that just Jill Wise was saying mm-hmm. i could see them happening yeah i mean she was you know my partner was trying to destroy me yes um she led me to a book from a lady an indian lady online it her name was dr ramani durvasula
1: yes yes
0: and uh i think right now she's got a book out it's not it's the book is called it's not you yes and if you think you're being manipulated you are Mm
1: -hmm. that's good that's good well table listeners we appreciate your time and we will see you next week As we change the world,